When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find VB Thirst 150ml for just $34.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the 9th of December, getting towards the end of the week. And we're just after 6 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Wherever you are in the country, hope you're having a great morning so far, heading to work, heading to the gym, or just chipping away into another day, a Thursday. Whatever you're doing, hope you have a great day. And hopefully we can make your day much better. We've got a great show for you today. We've got some Good guests coming up, all sport, talking a bit of cricket, a bit of sailing and a bit of racing. There's always got to be a bit of racing in there because it's a big weekend of racing and I'm looking forward to sharing some, maybe tips, a few tips leading into sad day because, well, we want to get you paid. But anyway, yesterday was all about the Ashes. Day one of the Ashes had it all. England win the toss and choose the bat. Rory Burns get Gets bowled for a royal duck by Mitchell Stark and Shane Warne having to call it. Woo! England skittled for 147 in the first innings before rain affected day one. Graham the Swan, former England right arm off spinner, will join us to tell us some yarns. I can't wait to chat to Swanee. Great get there by Skip Bears McCallum and uh, talk about that day one. Mitchell Stark, absolute rip snorter of a ball first up to smash Rory Burns' leg stump out. So uh, looking forward to chatting to Graham Swan about that and maybe getting a few little thoughts from Bears and myself on day one of the Ashes. It is the greatest rivalry in sport, I feel. The Ashes, England versus Australia. And then we're going to keep up the cricket conversations going. This time we're going to be championing one of our own. Big year next year for the White Ferns with the series against India before hosting... The World Cup young pace bowler Rosemary Meir will be a vital cog in that team if they can stay, if she can stay healthy. Uh, she's just coming back from injury. She's bowling quick. She's bowling some heat. And it's great to see the young bowler back 
plan some sports. So she's going to join us just around 7.40ish to talk about her body and how she's gone back from injury and just chat to her how it feels to be back in and amongst the White Ferns. So looking forward to chatting to Rosemary. And then big news yesterday for sailing fans as Sail GP will be held in New Zealand, Christchurch in Auckland, sharing the alternate uh, hosting rights from 2023 to 2026. Blair Chuki, old Chuki, will join us on the show just after eight to shed some more light on the exciting news. Him and Pete Burling and the Sail GP not going too well this year, but that's all right. They've got a lot of experience. They've had a lot of changes on their boat. They're fifth out of eighth. Uh, on the championship table but before the penultimate round. They're going to head to Sydney this weekend, so I'm looking forward to chatting to Chuki about the great news that is Sal GP. And then bring on Saturday, the 11th of December, Bears. My Christmas party, I'll be up and about, and it's a huge oh. meeting at Tarapa. Waikato Cup, the Cook Stakes, the Wakefield Challenge Stakes. I'm back punting, so stay tuned, and I'll lead you into a few, because I'm feeling lucky, Bears. I've spoke to you off here about them. I'm feeling lucky, mate. I'm feeling lucky. Anyway, Butch Castles is the CEO of Waikato Racing Club, and he'll be our 840-ish chat. Like always, we want to hear from you. Give us a text on the text line, double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kenatai phone line anytime, 0800-150-811. And if you've got any questions for our guests, Graham Swan, Blair Chuk, Rose Mary Mare, Please, fire them through and we will get those to our guests for you. Um, I guess there's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to go over to Auckland and say g'day to the team, Keza, Joe, Trudy and Louie. And then my good Skip and the leader of the show, Bears Skip McCullum. How are you, my brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Good morning to you. Good morning to everyone up in Auckland as well. And good morning to everyone out there too. Yeah, big show, mate. Crikey, some good guests on Graham Swan, Rosemary Mayor, Blair Duke, and Butch Castles. But the biggest news of the day is surely that you're back punting. Hey, eh? I know you've had a little <laughs> spell. And a little spell's a good thing every now and then. But when you're back I punting had a little spell, and man. punting, mm. then horse racing is big on our show. And we start giving out some tips. And we haven't given out too many winners lately. I've noticed that. We've tried a we've tipped out right. a few. But we haven't given out too many winners. So maybe we just have to get back to that and get things really rolling along. Yep. I reckon I'll you've get got us a couple back, winners brother. for sad day there at Tarapa. I've got a couple. I've got a couple, Bears. I've got a couple I'm going to lead. You know, just drip feed it through the day. That just keeps the listeners, you know, ears tuned to the radio, just waiting for Dagger's tip to hopefully come through and get them paid. But no, nah, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm back. And you're right. I had to have a wee break just, you know, mentally and. The wallet was getting a hiding, so just I had a wee break from back. Just a little reset, mate. It's great to have a reset. That's why we reset every hour, just a reset the hour. So I'm gonna, I've had two weeks to reset, and I'm back. But, mate, on the other side of it, it's been it's been a sad week, a uh, couple of weeks for the horses as well, mate. We've lost some absolute champions, haven't we? Secure Blossom, yeah. Savion Blanc, yeah. and now Novia. Because no, I, I love yeah. Novia got me paid. Got me really paid. No Vienta Moonga, and I'm just heartbroken when I got that news from Mick Gearing yesterday about Novia. That's that's sad, brother. Yeah, I saw that on on um, Tiaka Racing's Twitter page as well, as well as Mick Gearing, and oh, it's, I think it's quite a it's quite a unique injury as well. So uh, I'm not yeah. sure they've said that 
he's definitely retired, but they've kind of led mm. us into the fact that he will likely be retired. And um, I guess you know he, he's still he won the, the Group One two thousand guineas, so he's he's been able to you know he he's still been able to show enough. And we saw in that win as well the brilliant turn of yep. foot that he had, and also the will to win, and and that normally uh, along with regal breeding and and uh, and an imposing um, confirmation and and uh, and type normally leads itself to be a successful stallion and it's normally the ones who haven't had long prolonged um, racing careers which end up being the super stallions as well so you know you think O'Reilly for instance um, you know one of our great our great stallions he didn't have a long racing career and and uh, maybe Novier just maybe might mm. turn out to be a super stallion as well but pretty sad for the Tiakia team and all those connections involved in it as well, and just starved of another superstar on the track here in New Zealand. So, pretty pretty disappointing. We also lost the the sire Schwarzer as well um, during the week. So another pretty disappointing um, mm. thing for the racing industry. But that's the game. Unfortunately, these are super athletes, and and um, you know they are animals, and they can be quite flighty individuals, and they don't come without risk. So. Yeah, pretty pretty disappointing, but that's that's the game with, that we're in. Pro- Mate, probably the uh, risk a couple I didn't of little really things. Best. Pro- probably the What's risk that I got into this game. I was like, you know, like when you get into a game, I obviously obviously bought my first horse, and you just think, you know, this thing's gonna be an absolute champion. And then getting an understanding of these last couple of horses that are good horses, they've won well, they've put on a, a show when they've had to, and then bang, it's over, game over, and you you know. Still gone like that, so that's just racing, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is the that's what they say. <laughs> that's racing. <laughs> Your horse runs down the track after high expectations. Oh well, that's racing. <laughs> but that is, I mean, it comes with huge risk, mate. And that's the thing. Majority of you know, so many of the horses they they don't even make it to the track. That's why if you get a horse which goes on to be successful or, or goes you know makes it to the track and races, then or happens to go on a winner race too, then you've got to celebrate it. You know, you've really got to celebrate it. So when our horse hopefully lines up, maybe at Randwick or something like that, we'll we'll get on the plane, mate. We'll get over there. Maybe a little glass of bubbles to get us underway. Move through the gears, maybe a couple of quiet beers, and then we get on track and we unload at the TAB, <laughs> and we and then we have a rip roaring day and hope. And we pray that uh, that he's able to run fast and maybe get the lollies for us. How good would that be? Eh? You invest in your memories. Oh, mate, is... that, mate, I, I actually I got a little a bit of goosebumps the other day, mate. Um, when I was going through my emails and I saw an email from Chris Waller, from Chris Waller, Ooh, Uncle yeah. Chrissy over in Australia. Do you, <laughs> like, let's be honest, was that Uncle Chris or Chrissy. was that um, Chris's PA? <laughs> <laughs> was that Chris or Chris's PA? Let's let's be honest. I'll read it let's out. Say it's Chris. Dear Israel. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely Chris. Oh, hey, hey, brother. He goes, sup, sup, is he, bro? Chris here. Um, so you think. <laughs> no, he goes, dear Israel. Your so you think NZ Uzali adjustment, uh, adjustment at Limited Lodge for one day. He has arrived safely at Limited Lodge overnight, and the farm have comment- commented on how well he looks. He will have another 10 days spelling and then commence pre-training at Limitless Lodge. I want to thank you for sending this cult to me, and I'm really looking forward to getting him into the stable. Chris Waller. Chrissy Dollar. Chrissy Waller. 
<laughs> Come on. Hey, hey, it's underway. The dream is alive. So we actually seen it. Um, so it sort of helps try and pull that thing together as well. Get the horse from Kit Brooks's place where he was. Uh, that's where we bought him from. Is Kit Brooks and the yeah. uh, New Zealand Ready to Run sale his draft, and then Kit looked after him and and just kept him ticking over for the last couple of weeks out there at his farm, and then they he was transported from his farm. He had to go through all his tests and get all that done. Then he was transported from his farm via New Zealand bloodstock on the air freight over there. Arrived in Sydney, straight from there, into Limitless Lodge. You'll be there for a couple of weeks, have a nice little, an, like a good little spell, and then they'll start to just bring him into action. A little bit of pre-training. Just, you know, step up his work. And then bang, straight into the big barn. Barn A, I reckon. Just while <laughs> straight in there. <laughs> Right. Like, Sup, very elegant. Sup. How <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, you, <Yeah>. darling? Hello, <laughs> 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 tissue. What's been happening, mate? You got snot in your nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right. uh, so realistically, the, Baz, the boss has arrived when, when in town. Yeah. When do, yeah, move away, mate. I'm here. Um, when do you think realistically the horse will be ready to run? Like uh, ideally, well, if you could think, maybe it's ready to run now. But when do you? Where do you reckon Chrissy will yeah. be aiming? Well, let's have a look at his breeding. I guess his breeding being, um, if I so you think, out of a long road mare, you'd think they they normally need a little bit more time, such as their their um, their progeny always just need just a fraction more time. It doesn't mean they can't be mm. racehorses at two, but the are more likely to be sort of um, three-year-olds. Um, but I'd say what they'll do, he, he has been through a good prep, and as Kit Brooks said, you know, he can gallop, and he's got a nice constitution for a colt as well. So I guess they'll they'll just take him through slowly. Um, the ready-to-run sale it has them ready to run, but there's still a little bit more further education needed as well. But yeah, um, So I'd say... I'd say that he'll maybe have a little bit of a jump out or a trial in a month or so, maybe mm. six weeks, and then they'll just they'll see how he's going. The horse will tell them whether he keeps growing because he's still in that phase, you know, where he's he's filling out into his body yeah. and he's had one preparation, he's learning, education, and then, um, you know, so I'd say maybe maybe in the autumn we might see him at the races, which would be quite nice, wouldn't yeah. it? But he'll be at his best next year. This time next year, or maybe, maybe, maybe just a month or two early around November, you know, like around one of those really nice carnivals. Somewhere when those big races come about, eh, hey, brother? We'll be there. <laughs> that yes, would be nice. Oh, some people are born lucky. Some people are born lucky. I reckon you might be one of them, is. So just hold on to the, your coattails on the old horse ownership front, I reckon. <laughs> I've actually got a couple of runners on the weekend, mate. Got, uh, got one running at, yeah, got one running at Tarapa. And I need to, I'm going to hit Butch up later, Andrew Castles, Butch, the Butcher, aka the Butcher, great, great mate of Smitty's as well. Um, and he is the CEO there at Waikato Racing Club. I'm going to just hit him up and just see what the old corporate hospitality facilities are like on Saturday there at Tarapa. Because with five stakes races, I might just find myself parked up somewhere on course. <laughs> And especially because Tabata's running in the uh, the Cal Isusu stake. She's at long odds, and she's a little bit up against it, but you never know. 
Um, and then I've got one running over in Australia as well, and that's Blesk. So I'm looking forward oh, to Oh, is Blesk running? Him. Yes. Good day to be yeah. back hunting, my son. What's, what's the <laughs> word on Blesk? Looked good last run. Looked good. Just couldn't quite get you on the outside, but it looked good. Had a good run, good stride on it. How's it, how's it tracking? Mm. Mm. Have you got I your punt on you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to load up now. Good time to I'll be load back. Up right Good now. Good time to be back punting, though. <laughs> 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 uh, hey, uh, just a couple of things. We, we should talk a little bit of sport at some stage rather than just racing all morning, as much as you and I could talk racing for the next three hours. But um, plenty went on yesterday in the Ashes, mate, over there in Brisbane. Uh, Joe Root wins the toss. Does what everyone thinks you should do in Australia. Bats first, green surface, good bounce, good pace, swinging around a touch. Rock and rolled 147 all out. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it's like, what? It's brutal at times. I, I didn't eh? get it. But, I didn't get it, Baz. Wow. Well, uh, and, well, and Pat come out and said he would have batted too. So I was like, wow. Mm, I, I, I don't mind it. Um Mm. mainly because I think the best batting conditions will be in the third innings of this test match. I actually think England's in the game. 147, if there's overcast conditions today, there's still enough mm. pace, enough bounce. They only played 50 overs on that wicket. It still had a nice green tinge to it, and the England bowlers should get something out of it. They need early wickets because they need the ball. While the ball's still seeming round, they need to get access to the to the Australian middle order. If they're bowling to... Um, Lavashane and Smith or Warner um, for any long period of time, then then they'll be batted out of the game pretty quickly. But oh, I think they're still in the game, and the best time will bat um, for bat will be late. Uh, will be on day three, so they need to make sure that they've mm. got plenty of their batters at the crease um, come day three. Put on a big score, and then try and rock and roll um, Australia late. So that was quite fascinating. First first ball though, Mitchell Stark. You said it in the open around the legs of. Of uh, Rory Burns, it was like, oh, what a start to a series! What a eh? seed up and about, too. What a seed. Well, you can't you can't foresee that though. It's around the legs, you know, like it sort of swung yeah. back. He's just trying to whip it through, square leg, and he went crazy, didn't he? All of them went crazy. You can just see what it means. He would have looked up in the commentary series. box, eh? He would have been looking up, going like that, the old chest pump, like, that. hey, Ronnie, yeah. call that brother, <laughs> get him that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon he had a little bit of fire added to it? Because he was like he was bowling pretty quick. Well, he's up there uh, mid uh, early one forties. He had a little bit of something mm. to prove, didn't he? Old Mitchell Stark, you can see it. Yep, yep. But I don't reckon you want to take on the king. You don't want to take on Warney <laughs> and anything. You know, you can get yourself a little two or three wickets, but the last laugh will always be had by the king. Warney is the king, and he will always have the last yeah. laugh. So. You want to get him on side. Don't try and irritate him any more than he's already irritated. If he's a bear, oh, a good if he's a bear, he's the, don't poke the bear. If he's a bear, he's don't the bear, is he? He okay. is the bear. Yeah, he definitely is. We'll mm -hmm. go on a little bit more about the Ashes very soon. We should also touch on um, the Indian uh, story as well, coming out of the Indian cricket team. Rohit Sharma taking over a one-day job as well as a T20 job from Virat Kohli. Massive, massive news if you're a, a cricket fan. If you're not, well, probably won't mean too much to you. But it is huge news in the cricketing world as well. Virat Kohli has been exceptional as a white ball captain, but it hasn't quite been able to deliver 
a, a title for them. And the biggest team, the one who holds all the money, well, Rahul Dravid, the new coach, has made a big statement. and He's replaced Virat Kohli with Rohit Sharma as the white ball skipper. And also they've promoted Rohit Sharma to vice-captain of, uh, of the test team under Virat Kohli. So big story coming out of out of the cricketing world over there in India. But for now, we better get off to a little breakers and then we can come back and talk some more cricket, talk some Aussies, talk the debut of Pat Cummins as well. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. A big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 6.26 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call any time on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 or send us a text double eight double three. We're going to talk a little bit more ashes as the morning unfolds. Pat Cummins, big on debut as the skipper taking five wickets as they rock and rolled the English boys for 147 in that first innings. But the game is not over. I am telling you that right now. The game is not over. Look, be near a screen or listen to the radio this afternoon and you'll be able to see all of the uh, the Ashes action unfold on a green surface there at the Gabba. Let's just talk... Uh, is, I reckon, just a fraction more on this um, Virat Kohli and uh, Rohit Sharma thing mm. with, with uh, the coach Rahul Dravid replacing Virat Kohli at the helm of the Indian white ball side with Rohit Sharma. Quite a fascinating development because Kohli's record's quite significant, you know. like He's been really impressive, so it'll be a real interesting kind of dynamic within that um, Indian side now with, uh, with Rohit Sharma as captain. And Virat Kohli now just sitting back with the rest of the boys in, in the uh, in that mm. setup, and you know it'll be interesting to see how they how they're able to perform because you've got to say Kohli did a wonderful job for the Indian side, and he's a superstar of the game as well. So there's yep. some challenges there for them moving forward. But interesting how how it all unfolded. Uh, I guess that's uh, got me kind of thinking, mate, as well. Like like Kane Williamson's out for a couple of months, right? So mm. like he is the leader of all formats of the New Zealand side, the New Zealand cricket side. If he's out for a couple of months, there's some test matches against Bangladesh coming up. There's some other um, games later on in the summer against South Africa as well. Uh, what, have we ever considered what life looks like with that New Zealand cricket team without <laughs> Kane Williamson at the helm? Because that's what mm -hmm. we're about to experience in, in the next little while. Have, have you thought about it? I certainly haven't. I've sort of no, just taken it for granted. No, no. Yeah, I think so. I think we all take it for granted. It's like you expect them to be there every single game, every single time, and you never expect them. That you think they're invincible. They're going to be, you know, never going to get injured. But this is a time when Kane Williamson is injured and and he's away from the game. For me, mate, I look at the way that um, the Black Caps are where I want to see them get to, and it's it's I'm lucky enough to be able to work with someone that's got a real positive, aggressive mindset, loves pushing the boundaries. For me, I'd love to see one take the helm that's not afraid of, of going for it, not afraid of, of pushing forward and, and attacking a real mindset. So for me, I'd probably go towards um, a guy that you know, and I've actually met a couple of times as Tim Sally. I've been really impressed with where he's got to as of late. And I've seen how, you know, how successful Pat Cummins has been going with his first role in the environment. I think it actually, some are born leaders and some aren't. And I think Tim Sally, with seeing what I've seen from him of late, I think, He'd be someone that I'd probably chuck at the helm. He's got a lot of respect. He's a senior player in the in the group, and I think from his from playing against him and and knowing him, I think his kind of mindset of of never ever dying die trying without trying to to do something. I think that's what mm. the Black Caps need. So for me, probably Tim Sally, brother. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think they'll go Tom Latham, but I think with Williamson yeah. out of the out of the setup for a couple of months, it's not just a game here or a game there. It's for a couple of months. To me, I think Saudi definitely comes into the into the picture, and and even if he's not, then Latham's going to have to lean lean on him really heavy, heavily. But mm. yeah, be interested to hear what what you guys think. Send us a text double eight double three with Williamson out of the picture. Is it a straight swap? Does Tom Latham step up as captain? Or do they go elsewhere? How, who do you think should step into that role and and give us the reasons why? Or give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 150 811 and we can chat all through that. Or we can chat about the ashes. We can chat about many things. We can chat about sad day. Hunting. How are we going to make a dollar? It's 6.30 in the morning here on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. We're going to shoot off to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. <coughs> Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 27 minutes away from 7am this morning. Welcome into the show. If you're just joining, plenty of Ashes discussion. What an absolute fireworks display that was from the Aussie Quicks to start the series. Loved it. What great viewing it is. Just like Love Racing.nz, Thoroughbred Racing, Izzy's back. Chainsaw Dag is back on the punt. How good. This is the best version. I love it. Um, important to have a spell as we've been talking about, and it's important to check the markets and know what's going on. So much good racing at Tarapa this morning. Uh, sorry, that's, the markets are up this morning for this weekend. Group racing galore. We've got the Captain Cook Stakes, as he pointed out. We've got the Group 3 Waikato Cup. We've got the Carlo Zuzu Stakes. We've got the J-Swap Sprint. And we've got the Wakefield Challenge Stakes. So many races. And I dare say, maybe the hottest field of all is the J-Swap Sprint, the Group 3. This field is stacked. Money's come for Brando real quick, like it did in the Group 1, so it makes sense. $6 into four eighty. Good draw, Opie Bossin up. The weight isn't going to stop him, 56 kilograms. He looks like a great bet. He really does. Although there's a horse, a mare now down the bottom of the book, Vanaza, who has run two really good races this preparation for Lance Noble, has been working really, really well up against some of those top mares as well. And interesting to see Providence provides back at the races. So Tony Pike's filly, oh, mare, sorry, Providence provides. She was uh, set to win the Canterbury Breeders. Michael McNabb had... Just her backside just touched the rail and she just completely panicked, wanted to jump the rail and it was such a it was such a devastating result for owners because she was about to win by about two or three lengths. So would have been great to get her some black type. It will be interesting to see how she bounces back right in the market. The Phillies and Mears race, the Kalazizu Stakes. This is an awesome, awesome race. It's a group two. I love it every year. This field is hot, and I think I might have one here. Slave to Love was epic up against uh, Two Illicit, Travelling Light and Shoal Rose's last start. Sat last on the bend, got a toe into it from Two Illicit, but really finished off strong. That was over 1,400 metres. Over the mile, I think she's going to be really dangerous. If Danielle Johnson can jump her and get her closer to the speed, I think she's going to be excellent. You've got to respect Mai Tai. Of course you have to respect Shoal Rose's. Concert Hall is the class. She's the Group 1 mare in the field. Um... Too short for me at $3. And then the Captain Cook Stakes, as you guys have already mentioned, what a race this is budding to be. I asked Baz last week about Aegon, and you can't be in his top four. I assume it's the same with Tarapa. I mean, a similar draw, good barrier, number six. 
He's right in the market again, $4.20. Pre-deferred taking cash, $6.50 into 5 bucks and $2. Unsurprising when you get the Opie, Jamie Richards, good group-performed horse. Demonetization comes into this field and it's going to run a really good race. I think it's ready for weight for age performing. For me, at the value, to Alyssa, at $3.50 is too short. With Barrier 12, um, Travelling Light's more appealing at $10.00. But Harlick from a good barrier with Michael McNabb up $12 and $3.60 has gone, performed at this track. He spoke, we heard from Michael McNabb a couple of weeks ago. He says the horse is working as well as he ever has. It's a good barn. And I think this horse is ready for a group one result. So Harlick, Predefer, to Elicit, they're all in the market and they're all right there. Demonetization could be the one that shocks them. How good is this weekend going to be for some racing boys? Baz, that's probably my spiel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm allowed to disagree with your bets, though, right? I'm in, I'm allowed to disagree with your oil. I I appreciate and I respect your your uh, astute um, form reading and and racing mind, but I just like something with a little bit more meat on the bone, if that makes sense. Yeah, like what are you going against? Just a little Tell wider. Me. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> oh. I've got my tie winning that. The um, yeah. The Cal Isusu Stakes, uh, I, I think Mai Tai is just a special horse, which we haven't quite even seen the best of yet. Um, I've got Travelling Light winning the Captain Cook, and I've got a Smoky, and it's going to need a whole lot of luck. A whole lot of luck. I'm, I'm talking like more luck than you've ever had before <laughs> to win a race. But I think it can get it. Uh, and it's a horse which I think is an out-and-out freak. Dragon Leap. Drawn 14, over the sprint. Daniel Johnson on, second up, lightly raced. We know he's a good horse. Trained by the O'Sullivan Scott Barn. He, oh, I think if the races run to suit, and I know it's hard if you get back at Tarapa as well, but if the races run to suit and he gets enough speed up front and he's able to get the parting of the seas is... I think he can just go yeah. bang. I think he can pick him up and put him down. So yeah, he's my, yeah, he's my yeah, three yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Daggy's back, and what did I say in my intro? Daggy's <laughs> gonna get you all paid. So listen to this. Listen to this. We're uh, gonna go, we go Wakefield Challenge Stakes. Speak, speaking to Royden yesterday about Wolverine, and there's a lot of chat about Wolverine last week. Going to Wellington and going to win comfortably. Win comfortably. Got a little lead in yesterday that maybe the travel factor will be too much, Baz. Maybe the travel factor will be too much. So I've gone against Wolverine in this race. I've gone think twice. Kozi Asano, number one in the Wakefield Stakes. I think it's a good horse. It's had one race for mm. one win. Um, Kozi, good jockey. So I've gone with think twice. In the Waikato Cup. I've gone with the horse Starry Bill, carrying 54 kilos. Won its last start up the rail. Big, nice horse. I like what it's about. So that's my value bet. That's paying nine bucks. So I think that's going to that's gonna be the one to watch in the Waikato Cup. And then the Cook Steak. I spoke to you about the Cook Steak here off go. here. Here we go. <laughs> Look, the thing with horses, they're like, they're like humans. <laughs> and then when they're just not feeling it, they're not feeling comfortable, they're, they're not... <laughs> happy with their surroundings, they get a bit homesick and they miss home. I think Aegon went to Australia 
it missed home. It was in the paddock. It didn't know what was around it. It was like, man, that's a weird-looking tree. doesn't look like my home. It got a little bit homesick. <laughs> didn't feel comfortable. Didn't see the best of Aegon in Australia. Aegon's come home. Andrew Forsman's got him home. Welcome home, baby. Welcome home. And it's been in the paddock, and it's been chugging along. It's got its mates and its bros next to it. And I think Aegon is going to come out and put on an absolute clinic and stand tall and go, I'm home. I'm home. So I'm going Aegon and the cooked steaks. Have I sold it? <laughs> Think twice, Starry Bell, Aegon. Think twice, Starry Bell, Aegon. That's Daggy back yep. on the punt. How good is that? All right. Okay. Well, it's for the first time probably on the show since we've all been together. We're all going in different directions here on the punt. So yeah. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing answer. about racing, isn't it? Everyone can have you can do all the same you can look at the same stuff, but you can come up with completely different results. <laughs> That's right. Who are you following? And how many times do you Send dream us a text. it? Well? Who are you, you following? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Give us a text. Double eight, double three. Who are you following? Who's going to be right? Maybe we should have a little competition amongst uh, amongst ourselves. Yeah. Come Monday, someone has to has to do some sort of you know chore or or something. Whoever loses yeah, out of the three of us, or we all just put our selections in big multis and we'll just get really really rich. Anyway, we're going to give you a chance to win a $50 bonus bet. And you can back in, you can back in Izzy, you can back in Louie, or you can back in myself, or you can have a little bit of all of us. But we're going to give you a chance to win a $50 bonus bet because coming up next, it is Quizzy Dags. So if you want to take on the Ismaster, you can win yourself that $50 bonus bet. Give us a call on 0800 It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because this ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150. 811 now, give it a go. Oh, oh. Yes, I'm back, and I want to get one of you paid because look, we've all gone different ways on the punt at Tarapa, so one of you are going to get paid out there this weekend. I think we've pretty much covered every horse in all the races. Here we go. Anyway, <laughs> I'll read those out to you very shortly, and you can pick who you want to go with. There's Louie or Izzy. Anyway, keep those messages coming through on the text line. Also, what are we going to do without Kane Williamson? We've had a few texts going with Tim Southey, Tom Latham, VC. Keep them coming on the text line. Who would you have as skipper of the Black Caps? Kane Williamson is going to be out for a while. Who do you want to lead? The team and why? Give us a text on double eight double three. But right now it's time for Quizzy Dag, and we've got Brett from Huntley. Good morning, Brett. Morena, brother. Morena, my bro. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Jeez, bro. I'll tell you what. You could get a job as a used car salesman, bro. You got me, bro. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm on Legon I'm on Legon <laughs> You're on Le- Yes That's it That's, that's the first it, question that's That was the first question Who are you on You got it Around the way Yeah, yeah That's it mate <laughs> wow. you, know, you, you got 
you got to come with me, brother. They're emotional things. They're like me. They get emotional. When they're not happy around their surroundings, they lose the plot and they get homesick. He's back, brother. Follow us in. He's okay, question bro. number one. <laughs> question number one, brother. Here we go. Who was the English batsman who was bowled first ball in the first Ashes test yesterday? Burns, Roy. Yeah. Nice. Nice, Brett. Here we go, brother. Question number two. You'll get this one. Here we go. Who's been named as the Warriors' new captain? Uh, Fogu Harris. Yes. Yes. Oh, they lad. Let's go. Here we go. Question number three. Who was the last team to win the NHL Stanley Cup? They know um, Las Vegas Knights. You could ask, phone a friend, and Baz would have um, rhymed it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, Have rhyming. a good, have a good day, brother. <laughs> We're going to go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Morning, bro. Morning, morning. Question number three. Who was the last team to win the NHL Stanley Cup? Is it the um, Tampa Bay Lightning? Tampa Bay Lightning Very is good. correct. Very nice, brother. Question number four. Who won the Dame Lewis Mer Player of the Year at last night's Netball Awards? Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jane right. Watson. Jane Watson, no. no. Sorry, Dave, mate. Have a good day. We're going to go to Scott. Good morning, Scott. Morning. How you going? Good, good. Who won the Dame Lois Muir Player of the Year at last night's Netball Awards? Five. Um, three. Was that was last night? Yeah, it was last night. <laughs> one. That was a great stall from you. Stopping my counter. Yeah, great stall. Um, one. Well, one. Pitch Patrick. Oh. <laughs> oh, good work. Yeah. Was, was that last work. night and it stopped Fair my count at Patrick. two? And I was like, yeah, it was last night. <laughs> yeah, it was Pitch Patrick. <laughs> great technique. Great. You're up, mate. Question number five, Scott. Question number five. Here we go. To win it all. What's the name of the infamous wait waitress who allegedly served the All Blacks the night before the 1995 World Cup final? Five, four, three, two, uh, one. Uh, I wouldn't have enough. No clue. Oh, sorry about that. Have a good day. We're going to go to Tim in Christchurch. Tim, sort this right. weather out, mate. I've got a Christmas party on Saturday, and it's horrible. What's going on? Oh, I've got my son's 10th birthday this weekend too, mate. It's not going to be too uh, bad in the weekend, be is it? Good luck. No, nah, Saturday's horrible, mate. Good luck, all those might be slightly kids. different to Dagger's Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't seen the aftermatch function, Baz. <laughs> I'll be well behaved, Timmy. I'll be well behaved, mate. Question number five, mate. What's the name of the infamous waitress who allegedly served the All Blacks the night before the 1995 World Cup final? Susie. Five.
Nice, Tim. Nice, Tim. You got a big weekend for your son planned, bud? Ah, uh, yeah, got a few things going on, mate. Nice. Tim, what'd you Take buy? Take some go kart in and happy... find. Yeah. What'd you get him? Yeah, he won't listen. What'd you What'd you get him? Oh, we bought him a new mountain bike. Ooh, well, not a new one, a second-hand one, but nice. still got a bit of point on that. So need to win some money off the TAV, especially after backing pretty okay. well. Who's bets you going with? Your recommendation. Oh. Oh no! Did you go British royalty, Louis? Yeah, I did. Defend yourself. Oh, it wasn't my tip, but <laughs> it was Peter did him. So the trainers, right? We're out of here. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Cheers, that brother. was Quizzy Dag. Thank you to Ashley and Martin. Not happy with your hair loss? Make today your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin online. Plenty more coming up, including Trudy's world. It's 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 Trudy's World. It is indeed. Thursday, hello. A gorgeous woman in her mid-30s out dancing at a nightclub. Play on. Nothing awry here, right? All good? Well, yeah, nah. Not when you're the Prime Minister of Finland and you've been told to isolate after one of your close ministers caught COVID. 36-year-old Santa Marin. Slightly younger, hipper version of our Jacinda is Finland's PM and she is in strife after her Saturday night fever moves. That's our story for today, boys. Wow. Wow. How was your day yesterday, Trudy? It was wonderful. You were out and about. <laughs> yeah, you were out and about. I was wondering who we were talking about vibrant. leading into that. So. <laughs> I wish that was me. No, um, you know, it was really good. A, cu- a couple of glasses of wine in the sun down at the viaduct. I am a happy girl. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm very, very jealous. Well done. Well, and repeating done. today. You must, you're looking very lovely today as well, too, oh, Trudy. Thanks. You're That's looking very lovely in the team up there. Best of lunch at Prego today. <laughs> What have I got? I've got a haircut and then I've got to look after my own kids again. Period. How good. Anyway, coming up after this, after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk to Graham Swan about that test match. Craving a McCafe about now. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Stock up for Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. Find Ralph Lauren Polo Red 75ml for just $79.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. It's Thursday the 9th of December and it's just after 7 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, we had a good quiz, we had some good conversations, and we threw, we posed the question to you. Who would you like to see take over from Kane Williamson, and why as captain of the Black Caps? Probably Kane's going to be out for a wee while, his elbow has bothered him for a fair, fair while now, so he's got to get it sorted. So who would you like to see? I've gone with Tim Salvey, I think his aggressive mindset and the way he approaches each and every match um, is what they need. Go for it, you know. Swing the mullet, swing the bat and see what happens. And I think he's turned into a great leader and he's got a lot of respect in that environment. And Baz would uh, would know that if anyone knows how, how much of a leader um, Tim Southey has become as of late. So keep those texts coming through. And we've also had a wee tip. Had a wee tip. If you want to follow me, I've gone Think Twice, Starry Bell and Aegon and the Cook's Steaks. Lewis has gone Harlick, Slave to Love and Brando. Baz has gone Dragon Leap, Mai Tai, and Travelling Light. We're going to have a wee little competition, and, well, whoever gets you paid, you can follow it. Who are you going to follow in? Send us a text, double eight, double three. Who are you going to follow in? And whoever gets, wow, how are we going to judge this? 
whoever's the, the, the worst tipper's probably going to shout lunch on the, eight, on the 18th, 17th in Auckland next Christmas, uh, next week and on Friday when we have our little Christmas party. So looking forward to that. Um, anyway, coming up on the show, we're going to keep talking some ashes. Uh, we're going to talk some more cricket with Rosemary Mayer about the White Ferns. Um, she's come back from injury. She's bowling quick, and she's um, heading in the right direction towards next year with the big series against India and the Cricket World Cup here in New Zealand. So looking forward to chatting to her. And then we've got Blair Chuk just after 8 o'clock. Um, we're going to talk to Blair about some GP racing. And, well, we're just going to talk to him because he's a handsome bloke, and we'll just have a wee laugh, I think, have we chat to him. And then we're going to talk to Butch Castles, his CEO of Waikato Racing, and maybe he he might... Come on, one of our tips and see see who see who he's backing. Which tip he's going to go down? Here's the CEO of Waikato Racing, so he'll be up and about about Tarapa. But right now, it's time to talk some Ashes cricket. I'm going to throw it over to you, Baz. Yeah, I'm not sure how much Ashes cricket we're going to talk because this man he is a character. You <laughs> thought the cat? You thought Phil Tufnell was a character? Well, wait till you get a hold of this fella. This is Phil Tufnell's protege. We'll get on to him in just a minute. But there was so much anticipation and hope. Another Ashes series under, down under with five tests where anything could happen. The Ashes summer of 21-22 gets underway as Stark roars in and bowls to Burns. He bowled oh. in first ball! <laughs> Mitch Stark serves notice! <laughs> and Ashes can be defined by the first delivery! And Stark has bowled Burns on the leg stump around his pads anything could happen and yes it did stark knocking over rory burns as the australian pace attack smelt blood in the water and they ran through the english who could only manage 147 in the first innings after winning the toss and choosing a bat it was beautifully described by our man over there in australia on sen and that is gerard waitley absolute dynamite commentator, champion fella, and a good horse racing man as well. Anyway, Graham Swan is a former English spinner who knows how intense the first ball of an Ashes series can be. He's been kind enough to take our call this morning. Well, it's evening up there in the UK. Not just Swanee. Swanee is not just a former cricketer, okay? He's also now a commentator. He's a pundit. But he's also a lead singer of a rock band, Dr. Comfort, and the, what is it, Lucid or Lurid yes. Revelations. And he's also... Is also a superstar of Strictly Come Dancing, and he's a rock star himself. It's great to have Swanee on the phone. Good evening, my friend. Hello, pal. This is amazing. I've just listened. I, I was so excited. I came on thinking, brilliant, talk about the ashes. As soon as I heard Gerald then commentating, I just wanted to throw my phone at the wall. What a joke we are. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's early days, Swanee. It's early days. What I love is the arrogance of you English to be able to leave out three hundred plus test matches and a thousand oh test wickets and just leave it parked up on the sideline. Okay, so what I'm going to say now this this is gospel, right? As soon as you're out of the England team, you are nothing to do with the England team. Every good idea you've ever had, you can't talk to the captain or coach, and so you just get back to seeing bonkers decision after bonkers decision being made. <laughs> How can you leave out? How can you pick a spinner on a green top in Brisbane for a start? Unless it's Dan Vittori, a spinner doesn't get wickets in, music, in Australia. That's a shout-out to Dan, by the way. Um, and it's really <laughs> Brody, how do you not pick Brody? Brody only gets wickets on green tops these days. For goodness sake. Uh, honestly, Baz, 
I've been dreading this day because this Australian team is pants and we all know it. This is as bad an Australian team as it's been for 20 years. And we are equally as bad apart from Rooty and Stokes and Jimmy and Brody. We've left two of them out, one through injury. And honestly, our top six wouldn't get in most county sides 10 years ago. And they're having 32 for England on our flat wickets. It's just a joke. I've been dreading this day and it happened. But aside from that, Everything's cool over here. It's not all over, though. Sonny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not all over. Ben said it's not all over. How are you? Bears reckons it's not all over. Angus still in this. I'm a proper optimist. Always have been. When Joe won the tour, and this is my first day back, so I got back from doing the T10 in Abu Dhabi, and I've had a wonderful three weeks of very hard work playing golf with your mate Owen Morgan, Baz. It's been awesome. Oh, it's only, I got home, it's two degrees, and it's so bloody cold, it's ridiculous. And I've had to stay up till midnight to watch the ashes. And so I've fought jet lag. I've had too many coffees. I've had too much wine. New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> Pinot Noir, of course. And <laughs> imagine, so I'm half, I'm half cut, and I'm absolutely bouncing when we win the toss. <laughs> And he said, we'll have a bat. And honestly, I just felt crying into my hands. And you know what? Whose fault this is? This is Nasser Hussain. Nasser Hussain, 15, 20 years ago, bowled first on a flat one without a blade of grass because he was so scared of Matt Hayden and thought if he didn't do it, he might get beaten up behind the clubhouse. I'm sure of it. And ever since, English captains are scared to bowl first. Oh, my word. What a joke of a decision. So right. But anyway... Yeah. yeah, you're so right but though. That is exactly. <laughs> because that w- uh, the wicket was green, eh? And it had good bounce and good pace. Like the only thing you don't want to do is just give the Stark, Cummins, and Hazelwood any sort of opportunity to be able to expose what, as you've so rightly put it, a, a pretty delicate top order that is that is England's at the moment. Yeah. But the Australian top order is pretty say, delicate. I think as we well. can say it. They're they're both bang average. These top sixes with one or two world superstars in amongst them, which makes it even yeah. weirder. Um, and I mean, let's face it, since 2020 really kicked off, and one day cricket's slipping away, batting has, I think, plummeted around the globe, or long-term batting anyway. Since you got that 100 in your last test, it's your fault, Baz. Since you showed that that was possible before <laughs> lunch on day one, everyone's gone, let's just bat like Baz. But they're not as good as you, so they average 12. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a wonder. You're a wonderful man, Swanee. Thank you, mate. I'll, I'll sort you oh. out later on. Um, so, talk to us. Then. Right, forget the cricket then, because we know, you know, like that's as you said, they're two, they're two pretty average teams going at it, even though it's the biggest series in the world. But um, let's talk about what you've been up to. So, three weeks in Abu Dhabi. I see you've been driving a few cars. You've no doubt been playing yeah. a little bit of golf, and you've been just enjoying the uh, the finer things in life there in the. Uh, in, in the uh, UAE, is that... Is that UAE, well, yeah. Well, yeah, so, I mean, I've worked a lot in the IPL I'm in Mumbai while everyone's been having fun in the UAE doing the commentary. I've been in the studio in Mumbai, which you know well, at Star Sports, but ended up, because of COVID and everything, spending a stupid amount of time away from home last year. And so I promised my kids, look, daddy's a cool daddy, all right? I'm not going to go away for Christmas this year because I'm sure the third one's not even mine. She looks nothing like me because I've not been around at all. But she's great. I love her the most. Um, 
I promised him, I said, look, let's go skiing. So we're all going skiing. And so I turned down going to Australia to see my kids. And it's the best decision I've ever made. I'm pretty happy with it. I've just done Abu Dhabi, the T10, played some golf, drove, drove some carts. Um, and like I said, I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm going skiing in five days. I'm sat here trying on salad pets as we speak. <laughs> oh, man, you're an absolute laugh. I'd love to have a sit down with you and sip on some pen on noirs, mate. It's Izzy here. I'm, I'm with the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Um, great to have you on the show, mate. Um, got any stories and any, any experiences of your time playing against Bears or any, anything you can just lead us into on Bears? And that's radio worthy, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I'll have to skip around. Baz is, a clean, Baz is the clean one. I mean, when I first came across Baz in a New Zealand cricket shirt properly was when he was opening about him with Jesse Ryder. So every story that was wrong was to do with dear old Jesse, who I love, by the way. <laughs> I think he's a legend. But if you remember early on in his career, he couldn't help but wander into the bad environments and, and make silly little slip-ups. Like in Christchurch, when he smashed us all over the place and then put his hand through a toilet window that night. I mean, oh. every, I love Christchurch. And I, I went over there and lived for six. So a massive shout-out to all the Merivale lot. Um Yes. Baz obviously knows very well as well. I mean, some of the best here are Hops, especially. Um, oh, he'll, he'll know well. It's hello, how are you? Um, yeah. And Flem and all that. So Christchurch <laughs> is my It was his day. birthday on the weekend. By the way, is, is, is Mr. Tickle taken over yet as Stephen Fleming's actual nickname? Because you know that Mr. Men book, Mr. Tickle, who can reach down from bed <laughs> and get a biscuit out of the kitchen because his arms are so freakishly long. Sure, Stephen Fleming for those long arms. Uh, well, I'm tossing for a week. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be great, Bears. Thank you. What a hero. <laughs> what we, actually, we had Flames golf. We had Flames golf tournament the other day. Down in oh, Queensland. Thank you. And thanks for the invite, Flem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it was yeah. it was a good event. Hops was there, and, and all yeah. Mitch was I'll there. I tell you, I, I will give yeah. you a good story actually. Um, when the New Zealand Open was on a few years ago, while the World Cup, the World Cup where you were blazing it, and I understand, I've, I've never been more disappointed in a sporting fixture. I'm a Newcastle United supporter, so I'm disappointed every week by my football team. <laughs> but never been more disappointed when you got out first over in that final because I knew you were knackered then and you weren't going to win. I nearly cried. Australia winning World Cups is like eating, I don't know, semolina pudding at school. You were forced to. A, to just grin and bear it even though no one likes it and you've even got to nod and say nice things about it oh my word anyway while that was going on <laughs> we all went and played in the New Zealand Golf Open and Michael Hills is the man who puts all the money in isn't he and the night before he has yeah, this lovely yeah. little do and you go along it's one of those where your wine glass is never empty you have a swig and then you, you carry on talking someone fills it up and Flem had said to me beforehand he goes, oh, okay it's funny. this event gets a wee bit out of hand if you're not careful, so I'm I'm your guardian angel tonight. When I say that's enough, you're going home. <laughs> so I said, Flem, what are you talking about? I can handle my drink. This would be great. And because uh, I was teeing off at six thirty with Pete Lonard, the Australian PGA pro, and suddenly this giant hand landed on my shoulder. It must have been about eight p.m. because I'm a lightweight. It's about time now, Graham. I think you've just spilled a glass of wine on your shirt, and I staggered off. Honestly, no, nah, Flem, what are you talking about? No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. 
staggered past Viv Richards. <laughs> Viv, help me out, man. Help me out. He's got to think you had enough, man. You go back to the hotel. <laughs> the next morning on the first day, it took me three shots. Took me three shots to get past the women's tea. I mean, it was just. <laughs> oh, all my memories of New Zealand are brilliant ones. I love the place. You're the luckiest uh, we people in the world. You don't know it. Uh, we absolutely love you over here as well, mate. And Come back. Fantastic to talk to you. Well, I'd love to get you two gentlemen together, Izzy Dag and Graham Swan. What a dynamite combo that would be. You'd be singing, you'd be dancing, you'd be, you'd be up on the tables. It'd be fantastic. We'll have a bit of golf. I'm all over We'll, we'll, we'll pull that together. We'll pull that together somewhere. Right, before we let you go, Swanee. <laughs> before we let you go, uh, give us an Ashes score prediction, mate. Um... I can't bring myself to say, to say the number that I think it'll be. So I'm going to go 3 1 to that lot. Okay. Oh, and I don't, and right. I don't like that. And, and, and what I will say is the reason the English love New Zealanders is because you like Australians without the chip on your shoulder. That's why we all love New Zealand. It's why we detest Australia. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a I mean, legend. Oh, you, what you, a chip. put them on their own. On their own, Aussies are good blokes. You get two or three together, you've got a fight or a scrum. It's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so right, we'll let you go. Thank you, Swanee. We appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Swanee. Love, love to the well, family. Mate. We'll catch up soon. Good man. <laughs> that is former English cricketer and strictly wow. dancing superstar as well. He's a, he's so a ripping bloke. He really is. And that's Graham Swan. <laughs> Mate, you two would be electric together. Imagine him singing the Baz and Izzy. We should have got him to sing the Baz and Izzy shapeshifter songs. Imagine that. Could have got him really going. Oh. Or the Trudy's World. We could have done a new rendition of the Trudy's World with the lead singer of Dr. Comfort. <laughs> Do yourself a favour. Get online and listen to Swanee. Have a jam. <laughs> Have a jam online. Right, it's coming up uh, 7.19 here in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got plenty more to come throughout the morning. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 7.23 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Give us a call anytime on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 We're all just trying to regather ourselves a little bit after the tornado that was Graham Swan erupting on our airwaves. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. He is a superstar, that man. He is full of energy, a great entertainer. Let us know your thoughts on what Graham Swan had to say on Double Eight Double Three as well. In amongst all the humour and all the joke-telling and all the accents, I particularly enjoyed his Stephen Fleming accent, although his Serve of Richards one was pretty good as well. And in amongst all that, he did bring up a couple of quite interesting points as well, did Graham Swan. One of them was about the fact that when you finish playing cricket for England, you don't tend to have too much more to do with them for a period of time. The, the walls tend to go up amongst the current players, and they don't tend to listen to any of the feedback from people who have been there and done it a lot. And a really fascinating point around the England side leaving out both uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. And as Graham Swan said, Stuart Broad, he thrives in conditions which offer a little bit for seam bowling. And you've got to think that wicket at the Gabba has got a little bit in it for the seam bowling as well. So quite staggering. It's hard to see where, they, where they're going to play Stuart Broad. They're not going to play him at the Gabba, and where are they going to play him? That's a, a must-watch for the rest of the series as well. So, yeah, plenty of plenty of things there to, to digest and, and deconstruct 
as well, the decision by England to bat first, were they bullied into it? Is that the Australian propaganda at play again, where they get talked into, they talk foreign captains into making decisions, which maybe they wouldn't normally make? It's an interesting point, isn't it, Izzy? What a yeah, mate. bizarre yeah. situation. Oh, oh, mate, I, first. I just love Swanee, mate. What an absolute champ he is. First time I've heard him, heard him speak and just real... Get an understanding he is a champion bloke and I just hope he can get over here anytime soon so we can get together and have a wee have a wee catch up and a wee sip on a couple of pinots, mate. But you're right, how do they leave Broad and Anderson out, mate? Two players and you saw the wicket yesterday. Um I haven't heard any comments. Do, do you know why? What was their reasoning to leaving I know we we spoke about Jimmy Anderson, but I didn't see them leaving Broady out. What was their what was their I comments behind Leaving Broadie out. Yeah. I'm not sure, mate. I, I didn't see that happening either. You'd think that Stuart Broad would be, well, one of the, you know, one of the first picks. But yeah. Especially in those conditions. As, as Swanee said, the extra pace, extra bounce, and the, and the green seamer that was presented just suits him down to the ground. I've seen him take bags of seven, bags of eight. He's done it against New mm. Zealand where he's just ripped through us in the blink of an eye. He's done it before an Ashes series where he's ripped through the opposition sides as well in very similar situations to that. So, yeah, it's quite fascinating. Also, the point that Swanee brought up was playing the spinner in those conditions too. Mm. So, again, another really good point made up in and amongst all the laughter. I want to pick up on your uh, your comments earlier, mate. When you seen England aren't out of this. England aren't out of this. So what have you seen? What, what glimmer of hope are you giving to England? Because Swanee says it's game over. Here is 3-1 whitewash series of... To, to Australia, what, what have you seen that you potentially can see England actually getting back into us? Has it got to start today, obviously? Yeah, well, again, on the back of what Swanee was saying about the um, both top orders, they're not that flash. I mean, some of them have got very good records, um, but they can be mm. weighted in flatter conditions as well. There's a couple of world-class players in amongst both top sixes, okay? Um, obviously, Joe Joe Root and um, Ben Stokes in the England lineup, and... Yep. Um, Steve Smith and David Warner in the uh, in the English lineup. Obviously, Marnus Labuschagne has has shown a lot in early stages, but around that, it's a little bit fragile. So if I was at England camp right now and I was the England captain, Joe Root, I'd be trying to rally my boys. I'll be I'll be telling them, look, I know we haven't necessarily ticked off the first um, the first leg of of this Test match as well as what we'd like. But if we can make inroads, if we can knock over Australia here in the first innings, we're going to get the better batting conditions in the entire Test match. Mm. If we're presented with overcast conditions, the pitch is still green. There's still plenty of assistance there if we can get it right. If we can knock over Warner, if we can knock over Smith, yeah. then there's you can expose the fragility that, that sits within that Australian top order. How do you do it? We need to be able to present the ball full enough to bring LBW bold, and the uh, court behinds into play. Okay, so you've got to get the ball up. You've got to give it a chance to be able to use those conditions. Give yourself the right fields too. Stack your slips, Corden. Leave your cover open. Invite mm. the drive. Bring about some some risk and reward that can hopefully knock over um, the two best players in that Australian lineup. If you do that, there's no reason why you can't you can't uh, be well and truly in this Test match. And that's the conversation that I'm sure Joe Root will be having. If he's not having it, then Ben Stokes, you can bet your bottom dollar that Ben Stokes will be having that conversation. That's why he's such a big player for that England side as well. So fascinating. Today's a fascinating day, mate. Oh, I can't wait to mm. watch it today because uh, yeah. the test I match think, could move uh, at a rapid rate of knots. 
Yeah, I, th- I think from um, from watching Australia bowl, mate, they bowl in some great line and length. They eh? just short of a length outside off. The seam was kind of moving. They were getting a lot of movement. It was swinging in and then bouncing away. And they got a lot of uh, um, catches in the slips. I think England would have taken a lot from that, just bowling good line and lengths. Glenn McGrath-like, and they'll get some rewards, mate. So I'm looking forward to watching today and seeing what unfolds. Yeah, well, Pat Cummings, you said Glenn McGrath, but that's exactly what Pat Cummings does as well. He hits that exact mm. length that you're talking about, the length that you used to operate as well, Diggy. <laughs> just that beautiful line and length where you present the seam on, and you challenge as a batter, do I come forward, do I go back, do I defend, mm. do I let the ball go? Yeah. You put that in where Jeremy Coney would say the corridor of uncertainty, and you ask the question, the, the facilities will help you, the conditions will assist you. You do that, you're going to start to get things go your way. And Chris Wokes is one of those types of bowlers. So if he can make early inroads, then you've got the pace of, say, Mark Wood and the skills of Ollie Robinson. There's still plenty there for them to be um, challenging that Australian lineup. So fascinating day to unfold, and we can keep talking about that. Send us your text on double eight double three. How do you think the Ashes are going to unfold today? What do you think England's going to do? Can they fight their way back into this Test match, or is it going to be one-way traffic to Australia at seven thirty in the morning? Here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, we're off to Trudy now with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 0800 150 811. That's the Kennard's higher phone line. Get in touch. Can you do accents anywhere near as good as Graham Swan? Give us a run. We'd love to hear them. Oh, two good boys. I was just putting a quote on Twitter. Our top six would not make county, most county sides 10 years ago. It's just a joke. I've been dreading this day, but aside from that, everything is cool over here. Out of control, nervous laughing. <laughs> he is one of a kind. Oh, Loved it. Absolutely. Him and Tufnel were good, mate. I could just see it. Imagine, oh, <laughs> imagine just... that. <laughs> you can just can you just imagine the hysterics? Oh, so good, so good. Thank you for sharing that with us, Baz. Uh, Tiger Woods, boys, he's going to make his comeback to playing alongside his son Charlie. So all those heartwarming, yeah. uh, all that heartwarming vision we've seen in years gone by of them playing at different amateur or you know junior golfer um, events with their dad, or, or you play with a senior partner, it's going to happen again at the PNC Championship in Florida next week. So this has come around really fast. Of course, he's not going to be absolutely flogging himself he never expects to play full-time on the tour again I think we'd be optimistic to think he can compete in a major but you never know and you will never write him off so the 36 hole PNC championship has got a, a, a field of ex-players and all sorts and um, he's going to play alongside his son Charlie and, and they wear those matching red shirts on the Sunday and it is very heartwarming back home here's some rugby news full-time it's a 12 month a year sport these days Reuben Thorne and Mark Brown are not longer no longer going to be coaching Canterbury so Canterbury Rugby have done a reflection they've done a review on what's been going on with the NPC program and they've decided that the co-coaching setup it's not what they're going to go with and both Reuben Thorne and Mark Brown aren't going to be applying for the job again so a new Canterbury coach and what you have to say has been a disappointing couple of years for Canterbury Rugby from where they used to go from you'd, you'd be betting Canterbury or the field and they won 9 out of 10 championships I think in, in a decade so I don't know does that surprise you at all Izzy or is that probably what you expected 
No, nah, no surprises. No surprises at all. I think, look, I want to get Bears' thoughts on the on the co co um, coaching kind of setup. I don't like it. I don't think it's um, it's a viable option when you when you're coaching a team. You want one one direction, one leader. You want one coach that's up there in the helicopter view. Two different voices. They could be on the different page. So you get in confusion. I kind of got that understanding from from the Canterbury players. They're just getting a little bit confused of, of what's you know who's leading this team. You got one voice coming here left, and you get another voice coming right. So, um, yeah, I'm no surprises here, and and um, yeah, you've, you're right. They didn't have the results that we're probably potentially used to going up us uh, over the last couple of years. They had 13 Super Rugby players in their squad. They had depth. They had talent. Uh, they weren't able to get the success that we've previously seen from Canterbury. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch this space, see where they go down, what direction they go to. I know it'll be a hot role that will be highly contested, see who puts their hand up. I know there's a lot of young, good coaches in Canterbury at the moment, and I think that's what Canterbury does as well. They It'll be easy for them to go offshore and get some big names, but they like to grow their own within their environment. And being down here, living down here, there's some great coaches around the around the traps that potentially will put their hands up. Um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I want to get your thoughts, Bears. Would co-coaching, co-head coaches? It's well, you know, well, was it something got, that you thought about? Is, is it well? Why did they have co-coaches in the first instance? Don't is know. A, any understanding yeah. why? Uh, um, I I I don't know the reason why. Um, I know both are really inexpensive kind of were really inexperienced coaches. I know Ruben come from um, Christ College. He was coaching at Christ College, so he's come from high school. He's come up straight into the NPC. Mark Brown, I'm unsure where he came from, but I think it was club footy. So two inexperienced coaching. Probably their thoughts was to go down, maybe we get two inexperienced coaches in there to kind of share the role, so there's not so much pressure when you're at the high level. Um, that's probably the only thought I can think of, why they went down that line. Yeah. I guess I did read something that they both got very successful businesses outside of the, their coaching mm. um, jobs as well. So I just wonder whether neither of them could commit full-time to that role, and so therefore they kind of split the role. But I don't like it. I agree completely with you. Is I think you need one mm. coach who's in complete control, one person who's driving the bus, and that bus is heading in, in the one direction. Otherwise, you know, if you're trying to convoy it and you've got two different people with ideas of where we should get to, um, then it's going to get a little bit lost. Um, I think it's a it's a good yeah. move to to uh, to iron that out. I find the timing intriguing. I mean, we're in the first mm. week of second week of uh, of December. It's so far away from rugby season, but it's um yeah. I guess as as Louis alluded to, it's a twelve month year sport these days. So let's see. Watch this space. Maybe maybe their uh, their decision is a masterstroke. But I agree with you as both mm. as a as a coach, as a player, and as a captain. I think it's important to have a, a pretty clear chain of command and, and one leader in, in charge of it all. Yeah. Right, we've got, uh, we're going to keep moving along. We've got Rosemary Mayer coming up very shortly, White Fern's pace bowler, and she's been under an injury cloud for a fair while, so she's back and she's kicking into gear as well for the Central Hind. So it'll be great to chat to her. We'll carry on the cricket theme. Izzy, you're getting a whole lot of cricketing chat and, and experience on the yeah, show, aren't you, it. mate? And then during the winter... I'll, I'll just follow you with the footy. Look, no. Look at that. This no, I love it, mate. I'll, you've got this last yeah. I'll, I'll, cricket is in my blood. Cricket is in my blood. There's <laughs> nothing better than waking up. I remember, mate, waking up. I know we're going to go, waking up at 8 a.m. My brothers would come in. Get up, Izzy. It's the breakfast session. We'd go outside. We'd put all our fielders around the field, mate. Put them there, you know, a little bat and, you know, a little short 
bat there, so if you hit one short and you get caught out to the beanbag, so you're out. Mate, I love it. Cricket is in my blood, and I'm loving this chat, so let's keep doing it. Looking forward to Rosemary. Yeah. Here, here. We don't like cricket. We love it. That's about as good a singing as you're going to get from me. Coming up, Rosemary Mayor. Coming up, quarter to eight in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, SCNZ. Give us a call anytime on the Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800 150 or keep those text messages flooding in on double eight double three as well. Good chat, good text messages around uh, who should replace Kane Williamson, seeing he's injured as well in the uh, in the Black Caps as Captain Southey, Latham, Taylor. There's some good names being thrown around. We'll get to those a little bit. There's one who said Jesse Ryder, the boys need to get a little bit loose. That's from Chris. Ooh. Ooh. But anyway, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> who knows? Hey? Who knows? I'm not sure what Jesse's up to at the moment. Maybe we should track Jesse down at some stage and, and catch up with him and see where his life is at after he's finished playing cricket. Anyway, from one Central District's name to another, and it's uh, a massive year ahead for the White Ferns, which includes a series against India before the Women's World Cup, which is hosted on our shores. It's Bob Carter's squad that has taken some time to assemble for a few camps throughout the summer to make sure that they are right where they need to be. There's one young bowler who will be loving these opportunities to be back in and around the group as Rosemary Mayer. She's had a lengthy layoff and she's back bowling and, and uh, she's bowling a bit of heat from uh, from what people are, are saying on the street as well. So it's, it's wonderful to welcome Rosemary to Baz and Izzy for breakfast this morning. Good morning, Rosemary. Hello, how's it going? We're good. Morning. We're good. We've had Graham Swan on the show this morning and he got us an absolute stitches. So it's nice to hear uh, a voice which will hopefully talk a bit of cricketing sense as well. So it's uh, it's great to have you join us, uh, both uh, myself and, and also Izzy on the show. Hey, uh, Rosemary, how's it been, mate? Been back in, in the White Ferns camp? Yeah, it's been really good, actually. Um, it, was, it was a long five months away from cricket, mostly. So it's, it's really exciting to be back with the girls and training hard. Yeah, nice. What, what were those five months like for you to get away from the game? Was it quite good to to get refreshed and, and get your body right? And was there anything that you've kind of come back and, and kind of worked on that you've been pretty happy with? Um, well, I think the first probably month or so was quite hard. Obviously, missing the tour to England, mm. um, I was quite excited for yeah. it. But um, I took probably a good three months away from doing anything, just with my injury, nice. um, and then I was allowed to bat for probably like six weeks or so and not bowl, so I was I was really enjoying the opportunity to improve my batting, which definitely needs improving. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're all-rounders. I used to consider myself an all-rounder, so batting, <laughs> I used to actually really enjoy batting a bit more than bowling. Um, so that's probably been a positive for you. When you get time off, you can work on your weaknesses and and, and turn those into a strength. So we're going to see you, what, batting about mid-order now? Or, you know, early you're going to put your hand up and go, Bob, mate, I'm back, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, probably not. I'm, I'm pretty happy at the bottom, <laughs> but um, just just ready to score some runs whenever needed, pretty much. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, as Izzy mentioned, Bob Carter, so he's a coach of the size, a good man, Bobby Carter. He's been around New Zealand cricket now for probably a couple of decades, and he's worked with some of the best in the game he uh, he's a bit of a tough taskmaster at times. Has he been has he been cracking the whip on the on the girls at the camp? 
Yeah, I mean, he is a tough nut, but I think he definitely has the best intentions at heart. But for sure, when we're, when we're not having a good day, he's the first one to tell us. But I think we're all pretty open to hearing it and me to hear it to, to sort, sort it out, really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Talk uh, Just talk to us a, a little bit about, um, obviously, the, the White Ferns haven't necessarily been at their best over the last little while, albeit we're littered with with wonderful players and, and world-class players. What, what is it, some of the conversations you guys have been having about projecting forward to, say, the World Cup, about what we mm. need to do as a group to ensure that we can compete with the best teams in the world and give ourselves a chance of lifting that World Cup at home? Yeah, I think, like, it's pretty obvious we've got some of the best players in the world, but um, I think if the, the next tier down can kind of step up from game to game and be more consistent and... I think just as a team, be more consistent with our performances and just have more more people contributing every game would really help. Yeah, nice. Nice. Well, we look forward to seeing uh, it resolving next year. Looking forward to watching the World Cup in our own backyard. How good is that going to be? But for you, bowling some heat. Are you enjoying getting back and being out there and ripping the ball down and, and, and getting some heat? What, what are you clocking it at? What are you, what are you bowling around? I'm not sure at the moment. Maybe like one ten to one fifteen. Ooh, okay, nice. Is that is that your quickest? Um, I think I cracked one twenty once, but that was that was a few years ago when I was a bit younger. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we we see that of as of late, eh? Hey? Little Mitchell Stark steam in first ball, round the legs, smack that leg stump over, right? <laughs> eh? I'll be looking for that one, Rosemary. But, Hopefully, I'm trying to get a bit of speed back, so that's that's my main work on. So we'll see how it goes this season. Hey, uh, Rosemary, did, did you watch the Ashes yesterday? And were you will you follow it throughout the, the entire series, or or were you a bit busy down there in camp? Um, well, we um, we did watch a little bit of it, kind of around lunchtime and afterwards. But um, yeah, I love Pat Cummins; he's a great bowler, so I love love watching him take some wickets. Mm. Excellent. He's a good man too, Paddy Cummins. I'm pleased that he's got the, the top job there. Hey, um, Rosemary, we're going to let you go, but we really, really appreciate um, you joining both uh, myself and Izzy here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we wish you all the best with your preparations, and say good day to the girls, and say good day to Bobby Carter and, and Jake Oram and, and all the team for us as well, and we wish you all the best. Rip it down there. Up. Cool, thanks, guys. Drop it in short. <laughs> <laughs> that was Rosemary <laughs> Mayer, White Ferns basketball, also Central Hines as well. Another good Central Districts girl uh, joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got plenty more coming up as well. After 8 o'clock, we're going to speak to Blair Duke. And then later on in the show, we've got Andrew Butch Castles. I'm going to hit him up about a bit of corporate hospitality on track at Tarapa on Saturday. That's what I'm <laughs> after is. It's a shame you can't join me, brother, but you've got your hands full with your Christmas party down there. 7.51 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We'll be back very soon. Get Nasser on the phone. He is in another orbit. Lazarus does it again. SNZ is pacing for purpose. Thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. Yeah, we're back. We're back. It's that time of the week. Pacing for purpose where we try and raise some money for our foundation. The Child Cancer Foundation. It's hugely important. We've got them some money 
a couple of times a week. We can't really claim it. We go to Troy Scanlon, Scanlon over the scam man on the West Coast. He's up and about, and he always leads us into something. And we're back today for Pacing for Purpose and Harness Racing New Zealand. Today we are at Winton, and the scam man has scanned the fields, and he's come up with one. He's come up with one. Benson's mate in race four at Winton. He's got good gate speed, and the trip should suit perfectly today. Loves a lead and run along the, at a good clip. Benson's mate in race four, and that is for our Child Cancer Foundation. So we've gone 50 bucks on Benson's mate. It's paying $2.70 on the fixed odds. Hopefully we can get Child Cancer Foundation paid. How good. We love giving back to Child Cancer. So that is our pacing for purpose. Race four, Winton. Benson's mate, $2.70 on the fixed odds, $10.60 on the tote, but that'll come back surely. And that is with hrnz.co.nz, living the dream harness racing New Zealand. Thanks to them. They are absolute champions and big supporters of Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So that is our pacing for purpose, Baz, and hopefully we can get child cancer paid. Beautiful, yes, beautiful. Mate. And we'll go through our and also we'll go through our wee tips. Yours, eh? hmm? A mate of yours just sent through a uh, what well, mate of ours? A mate of the shows, Mark Jones, sent through a little tip for us today at Winton today as well. So if you get paid in that one, you might be able to roll it on too. What is it? Race six at Winton. What's it? a horse number six called Haranya? Haranya, something like that. Samantha Otley. In the sulky, trained by Mark Jones, so that's a nice little play. Three dollars thirty on the fixed odds. Mm. Mm. Might be able to get paid twice today. Bagger, what do you reckon? Well, your mate Mark. I was going to read that text, but <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy's coming. Is he? Is he can't pick his nose. Have a dollar each way. Major <laughs> Memphis today, but needs luck from draw. If Haranya can beat Covergirl, and then Tote Show again because Calibra. At Gore Gallops next Sunday. Cause celebrity at Gore Gallops next Sunday. That is from Jonesy. Jonesy, you need to pick up on your texty, mate. Can't understand a thing you're saying in that text messages. But anyway, there it is. Pacing for purpose. Benson's mate. Gonna get us paid today. Race for Winton. Hopefully we can, I don't know, earn a wee dollar for Child Cancer Foundation. I've had two coffees. I've got another McCafe coffee coming shortly. Well, here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Chemist Warehouse this Christmas. Find VB Thirst 150ml for just $34.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, the 9th of December. It's just after 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Keep those texts coming through about the Cricket Ashes series. Who's going to win? Who's in control at the moment? England been bowled out for 147 runs, but it ain't over till it's over. I've got another day. Conditions suit. They have let out their, well, ton of experience with broad and Anderson, so it'll be, they've got a tough ass, but they have got the team and bowlers to potentially trouble Australia. But anyway, if you've missed our conversation with Graham the Swan from England, you have to go listen to that on Baz and Izzy's podcast. You won't. 
be disappointed. It was outstanding. It was so funny. I was losing it throughout the entire interview with Graham Swan. If you missed it, download the SENZ app and go over to Baz and Izzy for breakfast podcast and you'll hear that whole entire interview. It was one of the greats. One of the greats. And we also had Rosemary, Rosemary Mare on. She's coming back from injury. She's playing for Central District Hines and she's currently in the Black, the White Ferns uh, cricketing squad preparing for next year's World Cup. She's bowling some heat as well. Coming up later in the show, Butch Castles. He's the CEO of Waikato Racing. We've had a wee tip as well. Me, Baz and Louie, we've given our tips for Tarapa on Saturday. Louie's gone Harlick, Slave to Love, Brando. Baz has got Dragon Leap, Mai Tai, Travelling Light. And I've gone Think Twice, Starry Bell and Cook Steaks. I've gone Aegon. Aegon's back. It's happy. It's happy and it's <laughs> up and about. So looking forward to seeing Aegon win the cup. But anyway... It's time for our Mick Cafe coffee catch-up, and they reckon it's sailing's answer for T20 cricket. That's something we can get behind. Sail GP, it's a newer competition to the busy sailing calendar, and New Zealand's team, led by Peter Burling and Blair Chuk, are nearing the end of their first campaign on tour. It's been confirmed Sail GP will have a home in New Zealand from 2023 with four years of sailing at least locking, locking in for our waters. The Kiwis are off to Sydney to finish the season very shortly, but before he heads off over, we've managed to snag the handsome, the one and only, the beautiful, apparently, in my household anyway, Blair Chook. He's on the show. Morning, Chooky. Morning, boys. How's it going? <laughs> going good, brother. Going good. Quick question for you, mate. We'll get on to some sailing a bit later. Probably not, but quick question. Have you ever thought about um, giving The Bachelor a go? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> nah, don't lie. Northern boy, mate. I don't think it's for me. <laughs> oh, you're a beautiful man. I had to. I have to kind of explain it. You were on the news last night, and my household was losing it. So I kind of, you know, hopefully you're up and about now, uh, mate. What have you been up to? How you been? Yeah, good, good. Thanks. Uh, it's been a busy old year, that's for sure. But uh, enjoyed being back and in debt for. Oh, it's only been. A month out of MIQ uh, since we returned from the European GP leagues, and uh, now we're gearing up. Uh, half the team's flying today to Sydney, and uh, the rest of us tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, final weekend uh, or race weekend next weekend, 17th and 18th for us, uh, Friday, Saturday in Sydney. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Nice. And it's uh, it's Baz here. What, what do you do for fun? Like most people go sailing for fun, but what do you do for fun? Outside of yeah, uh, well, I like to get back out on, on the water, so not probably, I don't go like sailing or on sort of small racing boats or cruising boats or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I like to go uh, free diving, probably my favourite uh, hobby, and if I'm not doing that, then surfing or on the floorboard doing like winging, hand winging, so yeah, back out on the oceans, there's been many days of the year out there, but uh yeah, absolutely love it. That looks hard. That thing. I was I was having a look at your Instagram. That looks hard. That thing where you got a you're on that board and you're holding on to what do you call it? The that that sort of it's, parachute it's a, thing. Yeah, it's a, well, we call it like a hand wing. So it's like a it's almost like a kite when you've seen people kite surfing, but instead of having lines connected to you between you and the kite, you basically just hold on to it. So it's yeah, halfway between I guess windsurfing and and kite. 
surfing, uh, but you're doing it on a, on a foil board, so up out of the water. So it's, yeah, literally the fastest growing water sport around, and we've, well, I've been into it for most of the year and they're loving it. It's, yeah, so many different aspects to it. Black water stuff, you can go surfing on the waves, and yeah, it's a r- real cool sport. Ooh, I might have to give it a go. Might be too extreme for my knees or anything like that. Nah, you'll be good. To the Get a mark. <laughs> Get a mark. So I might have to try it out with you, brother. Hey, tell us about your your relationship with Pete Burling. Totally different polar opposites. Um, tell us how how it works, mate. How you? What's the kind of connection and relationship what between you? What are you saying? You, is and, well, like yeah, you know, what are you saying? You Pete. Pete's the skip and, and Blair's the fun one. Pete? Yeah, you know, Pete's the skipper, and he's he's on a he's on a journey, and then Blair brings a bit of fun and excitement to the relationship. Is that am I right? Yeah, yeah. You don't judge a book by the cover, mate. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a yeah, it's been a epic journey for us. Like we've literally been sailing together, obviously starting the forty nine of twelve or thirteen years ago, um, yeah. and since then have picked up like a heap of campaigns together and. Yeah, it's just been fun to grow and develop as sailors and, and people and, yeah, on, on an awesome journey doing what we love. So, yeah, lots of ups and downs yeah, so and uh, tough times and good times with that. Yeah, just still enjoying it now and looking forward to, um, you know, what we take on next, obviously doing the Sail GP and, and leading the New Zealand team for that. So, um, yeah, it's, pretty, it's a big step up for us. I'm enjoying, enjoying that. Mate, you've got, you've one of the, you know, uh, relationships have been going for a very very long time and you're getting the rewards mate tell us about this sale gp and and this new format are you are you enjoying it and, and is it you reckon it's here to stay for a, for a wee while it's getting a lot of traction around the world as well and great news new zealand um getting some hostings rights from 2023 to 2026 yeah we're loving the sale gp format it's for those that haven't seen it the boats that we uh, they come from the same DNA that we raced on in Bermuda for the 2017 America's Cup. So the AC50 is there. So the, the F50 is like a supercharged version of that. Um, I guess it, mm. they're all one design now. So the boats are identical. Uh, they go quite a lot faster than that they used to. Uh, and I guess yeah. being identical, that really puts it onto the sailors to get the most out of the boat. So it's actually... We're probably liking it more to what we've done over the years in the 49er compared to the America's Cup where you end up in different boats and that's the, the technology race. This is more like what we do in the 49er where you've got the same boat and you have to set it up differently to get the boat going faster and, and then the racing becomes really tight. So I, I get the format, having just race weekends really short. The races are literally like 13 to 15 minutes. You do five or six of them in a race weekend real close to shore so the fans get super engaged it's, it's a format that hasn't been seen before in sailing, and it's a heck of a challenge for us as sailors. But I think once Kiwis see it, they'll absolutely love it. It's an awesome format. Yeah, from my basic understanding, can you explain a little bit of the rules? From watching a wee bit, I feel like there's just there's like actually you see a lot of the boats touching. They're getting pretty close, so it's pretty high adrenaline, pretty aggressive natured um, kind of racing. Can you delve into a little bit more about the rules behind the sail GP? Yeah, so the rules that we sail under, they're a modified version of normal sailing rules, but the differences yeah. and the reason that you see so many passes and so many collisions, et cetera, is just the sheer number of boats on such a small race course. Uh, so when you see yeah. what's been eight boats this season and 
from next season onwards will be 10, and that might even grow further um, by the time we're down here in NZ, then, then like the passing opportunities are pretty hard to do. So you're fighting for every metre and you end up really close to the other boat. So, yeah, it hasn't been seen before in sailing with this style and everyone's learning and adapting. And um, it's only in second season, so our first season as a team, but it's, it's league second season. So I, a lot of it's still getting worked out. It's exactly how to race them, but, yeah, already this season we've seen a lot of... Um, carnage and a lot of near misses but mm. we've managed to stay out of that so far so um, but that, yeah, with, as well as far as the results, we've got a bit of work to do as a team but it's also been a, a tough year for us with the, the rotation and the crew due to a lot of us competing at the Olympic Games Yeah yeah. And let's talk about your other role as well I mean, you're not just in the boat sailing both uh, both you fellas, eh? you're actually, you've sort of moved up to the old corporate world, eh? up into the CEO's position that's pretty flash, Harry, sort of move, isn't it? Yeah, it's been that side of it's been something we've really been enjoying. I, I guess for us as sailors coming through the Olympic ranks, it's probably more how we've ranked campaigns in, in the past. So you end up, those campaigns in the Olympics for us have been quite sailor led. So it's uh, there's only a small team of us, and, and we sort of run the over, overall campaign on that side of it. Uh, but this is obviously stepping into a, a bigger realm, a much wider team, uh, all the commercial uh, side of things, and, and, yeah, bringing the event to New Zealand. A lot of the heavy lifting for that was done by Carl Budge, um, did an awesome job, mm. but working with him and all the different stakeholders has been enjoyable, and, yeah, there's been a lot of challenges along the way too. Uh, for us, racing in Europe and in uh, I guess the middle of the night in New Zealand, so it's a brand new league and team. Uh, and, you know, it's been hard to get some of that cut through into, into New Zealand, but that's why this sort of announcement's awesome for us because we're going to be able to show Kiwis firsthand uh, just how, how cool of a sailing product it is. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, with your CEO's wage, I, I noticed again on your Instagram, you don't mind going to the races every now and then. So with your CEO's wage, you, you might be able to have a little bit of a punt. Do you follow the horses at all? Or was that just sort of more the event that you went to every now and then? No, that was a, that was a long time ago. I actually, I don't follow him too much, to be honest. I'm, I don't have his spare time, so if I do, I'm normally back out in the, uh, back out in the ocean. But, um, yeah, I have been. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a good few years ago now. Yeah, okay. So I was looking at your boy's chat give you a tip. before I came on, though. <laughs> I was going to give you a tip. I'm not. I'm not going to waste it if you're not going to punt it. But uh, when do you leave, mate? When do you um, when do you shoot away? And how long will you be away for? So yeah, you know, I'm off tomorrow, uh, Sydney. So we'll be on the water there probably on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. A couple of days training and then racing Friday, Saturday. So yeah, can't wait to. I know there'll be some Kiwis over in Aussie at the moment. Probably haven't been able to get home, so stoked to get over there and like the Kiwi flag and um, the black boat on the Sydney Harbour, so it's going to be epic. And then actually going to stay away for Christmas and, and New Year. Um, been a few MIQ stints this year, so uh, come back early in the uh, early in the New Year. But yeah, looking forward to uh, racing this weekend. Awesome, mate. We look forward to seeing you out there on the water again. Hey, just quickly before we let you go, um just give us a little. With all, all your success and you and Pete Burling over the last couple of years, have you found that sailing in New Zealand sport is growing 
uh, quite at a rapid rate. Have you seen a lot of success being transitioned from you two on the on the course on the water into the younger generation? Yeah, I think we've definitely started to see uh, more of that at the grassroots or the you know, all the local sailing clubs around the country. So mm. yeah, I think it's been awesome uh, with not just the America's Cup stuff, but when the Volvo Ocean Race came in, in 2017-18, the success of the New Zealand team at the Olympics, and especially 2016, where got all those medals. Um, yeah, it's been just, mm. yeah, I guess, proud for us to be part, a part of that. And, uh, you know, we've got such a rich sailing history here in Aotearoa, uh, not just in recent times on the racing side, but right back to the voyaging days and um, how people first got here on Waka. So it's been, it's been neat mm. to see that sort of, start to um, surge back up, which, yeah, great to be part of it. Nice, brother. Well, just quickly, if, if you weren't a sailor, if you weren't doing the sailing, what, what would Blair Chook be doing? What would you be up to, brother? Got to have a backup well, plan. I actually had a backup plan when I was came out of school. I, I, um, I did an apprenticeship as a sparky, so uh, that was, yeah, when I was at school when I was Oh, 16 or 17, did that for a few years. Uh, so, yeah, good to have a trade under my belt. But at um, the same time, I've, yeah, I have not done much sparky work over the last 12 or 15 <laughs> years. So I feel like I'm a, <laughs> sort of cheating the system there a bit. But, no, it's, uh, it was a great thing to do. I loved getting out of school into the uh, real world and, and learning a heap as a youngster and, and having that trade uh, yeah, something I'm pretty proud of too. Oh, mate, you're a hell of a sailman, so don't worry about uh, you know being an electrician. <laughs> yeah, it can work and wait, mate. You can sail till you're bloody sixty, can't you? So you're you're sorted, you're fine. So, mate, we really appreciate your time on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That is Blair Chuk, great news sailing GP coming to Auckland and Christchurch. I look forward to seeing it down here, mate. Appreciate your time. Go well this weekend in Sydney, and hopefully we can catch up with you very soon. Cheers, boys. Thanks, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you go. That is Blair Chook, absolute champion. He's a great role model for younger generation. And uh, him and Pete Burling are doing great things in the sailing world, not only here but abroad. But um, we'll uh, catch up with him soon and get a wee update maybe about the America's Cup. We're not going to ask him about that, but we'll maybe get some understanding later on in the year and early next year what's happening there. But Sail GP, it's in New Zealand. And it's in Auckland and Christchurch. So that was Blair Chook. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 23 minutes past eight here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call anytime on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150 It was great to chat with Blair Chook. They are off tomorrow heading over to Sydney to sail that black boat in the Sydney Harbour. As he said, there'll be plenty of Kiwis over there who will get right in behind it as well. He was a good crack. He didn't really... I'm not sure he liked your bachelor joke, Biz, but that's okay. Nah. That's okay. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe they are the same. Maybe he's got it. Maybe he's got, maybe he's got a girlfriend. Ooh, breaking um, news. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Leah Chew has a girlfriend. <laughs> 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 I completely made that up. I don't know that. Don't hold me to account, okay? It was just a joke. Moving right along, we're going to get on to Paul Emuati in just a second. Just going to rip through a couple of these text messages. There's one here from Greg in Bris Vegas, New Zealand, he reckons. Morning, lads. It was a great day yesterday listening to the Aussies rip through the palms. 
here in Brizzy. More storms predicted for later today. So hopefully here, so hopefully, and a good day's cricket is ahead. So let's see if there's more storms around and it is overcast. The ball will swing. England are right in the game. And we might be able to get a little bit of a TAB live update on those odds as well from Paulie Mawati. Of course, TAB, bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Good morning, Paulie. Yeah, good morning, boys. How yeah, you Paulie. doing, mate? Yeah, it's, uh, it looks like a busy day. There's plenty of things happening. Uh, as you said, uh, we're into day two. Uh, well, hopefully we'll get a start to day two of the first Ashes test. Currently, the Australians, who are well on top, they're $1.16 to win the first test. The draw is at $6.70, and England are at $10.20, which I think that probably sounds a wee bit juicy for Baz. He'd have to have a little stab if he thinks that they might be able to roll the top order of the Australians fairly quickly under the conditions. I'm not actually allowed to bet on cricket. There you go. Because oh. <laughs> I coach a team. Why, Will? That's ICC sanctioned. Um, um, I'm not actually allowed to bet on cricket. So I bet on everything else in the world except cricket. Two flies up you a wall, be... snails, greyhounds, anything, just not cricket. But what I would say, if, that, that if there's plenty of rain around, $6.70 sounds all right, and $10.20 yeah. sounds not too bad either. But, of course, I won't be betting on it. Sorry, carry on, though, Paulie. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I heard a whisper that you might be on courses Saturday at Tarapa. So why don't we just make every race at Tarapa a bonus back race this Saturday? All 11 races, oh. bonus back ra- uh, bonus back races at Tarapa this Saturday. And it won't be up to $30. It'll be up to $50. Oh. Uh, man. You are a good man. Aren't you? <laughs> so Where's all this? To, Where's all this kindness coming from, Paulie? It's Christmas. <laughs> this is what we do at this time of the year. You know that oh, is. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Uh, I'm back, mate, so you'll to... see my money coming over. Oh, welcome back. back. Maggie's back. Before, before we get to the weekend, though, there's a few other things that we got going on. We've got a bonus back promotion on the... Big bash match uh, match between the Adelaide Strikers and the Melbourne Renegades tonight. Uh, we've also got a uh, same-game claim promotion on two basketball matches today. Miami up against Milwaukee, Golden State up against Portland. Uh, same-game claim on three Champions League games yet to start this morning. Bayern Munich up against Barcelona, Benfica up against Dinamo Kiev, and Man- Manchester United up against Young Boys. Uh, Oh, the UFC 269 this weekend. We've got a bonus back promotion on the one, two, three, four, five bouts on the main card. Uh, and of course, that includes our very own Kaikara France up against Cody Garbrandt. Uh, there's also a UFC Mega Multi Buster for those of you who like to multi up all your uh, MMA UFC fights. There's a promotion there for you guys as well. Once again, head to the TAB website, check out all the T's and C's for those promotions. But yeah, this Saturday, every single race from Tarapa is a bonus back race. Hey, um, thank you, thank you, Paul Moati. I know you're you're in a giving kind of mood today. I was wondering if um, 
if we could have uh, three $50 TAB uh, betting vouchers for myself, Louis, and Baz, we've got a wee little competition going on uh, at the moment for Tarapa on Saturday. And we've all picked horses in the same races, and we've gone against each other, and we want to have a wee comp. What do you reckon? Well, I think you should use your own money then and have a comp. (laughs) Come on, Paul. I thought you were in a giving mood. (laughs) I've given everything I've got. Uh, Crypto's got all mine. I need it. (laughs) You're back, though. You're back. Anyway, on the back of that, Paulie, we actually... So... Izzy has gone for Think Twice, Starry Bell, and Aegon as his three selections. Louis's gone Harlick, Slave to Love, and Brando. And I've gone Dragon Leap, Mai Tai, and Travelling Light. So amongst the three of us, we've got majority of the card at Tarapa covered. So if you want to add any specials in there yourself that we can just maybe lob onto, feel free to throw a one or two out there. We've got Andrew Butch Castles coming on soon, and he's a very good tipster. So have you got anything well, for us uh... or not? After the performance of the uh, breakfast uh, team in the SNZ showdown, <laughs> I, I'd be able to put nine lines through nine runners this weekend now. Right. Goodbye. Well, Thank you very much, Paulie White. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> Have a ripping day, mate. That was Paulie White from the TAB. Promotions in play, hundreds, hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. He's not backing us in at all, as Paulie Mwati. He thinks we got no chance. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul, <sighs> you might not have a job on Monday because we are going to take all of your cash. It's 8.30 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy <laughs> for breakfast. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast here on SCNZ. Welcome back to the show. 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Gee, we're in the last furlong, but there's plenty to go, including Butch Castles. And when I rang Butch yesterday, um, he said, yep, I'll be done by fat with Fat Camp by then. So he is on a weight loss regime. And he, I don't know if you've seen him, Baz, but he is in Nick and he is working hard. He's addicted to the church of the fitness regime, which is great for our man Butch because he is a ripper. So looking forward to hear what he's got to say up after 8.40. Just a quick couple of stories here, lads. Torhu Harris, yes, he's been appointed the Warriors captain for the 2022 season. He's played 182 games and uh, alongside Roger Tuivasa-Sheik, Steve Price, Simon Mannering, he's kind of been one of the leaders of the squad for the better part of... Whoa, how long would he... How many years would he have been at the club for now? Maybe five or thereabouts, so he's did a lot of the captaincy duties in recent times. He's respected in the group, and um, he's an extremely talented ball player. So congratulations, Torhu Harris. Take us to the promised land. And in cricket news, the Ashes are going on. You called it the highest, biggest series in the world, Baz. Absolutely it is. I love the fact that you and Swanee were both just kind of throwing out some barbs about the states of the teams. They're pretty ordinary, apart from a couple of world-class ones in top six. Have it. Well, I'll tell you who's not ordinary. Rohit Sharma, and he has been appointed India's ODI captain, ending Virat Kohli's five-year-long white ball reign. Kohli stepped away from the T20 captaincy this year, didn't he? And I assume he took over from uh, MS Dhoni, and it's been a well, it's been stable for really for a long time. But 
Rohit, Baz, he's been around for ages now, looking back at his career. He's been a consistent performer at the top of the order for India for so long. As a captain, do you know much about his captaincy experience and if he's just going to take to this like a duck to water? What do you think? Uh, yep, I do actually, because he's captain um, Mumbai Indians for a long period of time. Um, and he's been the most successful captain in the IPL. And he's, he's run the biggest franchise with the most amount of pressure as well. Indian uh, Mumbai Indians are uh, owned by Reliance um, and the Ambani's, who are the very, very wealthy family um, and who are used to winning. So the expectation is that they win and he's been able to deliver as captain. Yes, he's had a very good um, stock of players to to uh, to be able to um, call upon, but he's been able to get the job done and, and they've been the most successful franchise on the back of that. There's been uh, murmurings for a long time that that um, people within the Indian side preferred his style of leadership. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't really know. Um, but he's now going to be in the chair. He's going to have the opportunity in white form, uh, white ball cricket. He's got a very strict cricket brain. Um, he's he's aggressive tactically, um, and he appears to be able to envelop all those leaders and young players within his group to get them all heading in, in one direction. So look, I think it's a, a pretty good move. Uh, kudos to Virat Kohli as well. He had 95 matches as uh, white, as uh, ODI captain for India. 65 of those he was successful. 27 losses. He took over from MS Dhoni um, for that stint and now hands it over to Rohit Sharma. Throughout that time, he made a World Cup semi-final and a Champions Trophy final. The only slight slur on his, probably on his performance as captain of um, India throughout that time, um, the white ball captaincy, because his, his test record is extraordinary. The only probably um, slight slur would be that they never were able to lift a, a world title and for a team of the talent and resource that they have, um, I guess he'll he'll that will nag away at him for, for just a little while. But yeah, Rohit Sharma in the chair. Good on Virat Kohli for continuing to play as well. He could be a, a quite incredible lieutenant or deputy um, for and source of resource for Rohit Sharma as well. So it's a bit of a watch this space, but I think it's a, a pretty good one. So... Let's see. But he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good. Um, you, you may, I love it. You may I love it, Bez. Yeah? I, I, like love, I love it. Both. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just think with Virat and what I've noticed as of late, I think because there's been a lot of, um, you know, um, you know, likings to, to the great Sachin Tendulkar when Virat's come along and he's had a lot of pressure on himself, a lot of pressure to perform. And when you have double roles, sometimes it can be for someone, but sometimes it can be against. So, for me, I think with Virat, this will be the opportunity to unleash him of those pressures, those external pressures, and potentially going forward, I think we'll probably see the best of Virat. He's just got to focus on his batting, not worrying about field positions, not worrying about the toss, you know, who's batting, who's selections. He can just focus on his core roles. And when he is on fire, he is the best batsman in the world, and that's why he's an absolute superstar of the game, Virat Kohli. So I think it's great. I think India... For India, this is the great move for them to, to unleash Virat and just let him bat and be the wizard that he is and he's known for. So I like it, bro. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you, mate. Exciting. Excellent work. Hey, um, just you may mention as well, uh, Louis, about the top orders. Uh, sorry, about our Swanee and my assessment of the, the two top orders. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of lured into that somewhat, okay? I'm not saying they're rubbish at all, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying they were rubbish because some of them are very good players. World-class players, Joe Root, Ben Stokes, world-class players in the top order of England. Rory Burns not. 
Hasib Hamid unproven so far. Starwood Milan pending. Ollie Pope unproven so far. Okay. And then you flip over to the Australian side. David Warner world class. Marcus Harris unproven. Manus Lavashan good start. Long way to go because yeah, now's the time where people will drill in on the areas which are perceived to be weak. Steve Smith world class. And then you've got Travis Head at five. Not so sure. So that's just to give you a little bit more context rather than just say, ah, the rubbish. There's some unproven and some, some good players, but a couple of world-class. But in these swinging, bouncing, seeming conditions, not as good. Anyway, it's uh, 8.39 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got Butch, the Butcher Castles coming up very soon. The big boss out there at Waikato Racing, the CEO. I'm going to towel him up for a bit of corporate hospitality in the weekend, so let's see how we go with that. We'll be back very soon. 15 minutes away from 9 o'clock where we will hand over to the doyen, the voice of sport of all of New Zealand, Ian Smith, followed by staff in the afternoon and then drive with Kirsten Beeve, all here on SENZ. You're listening to Baz and Izzy right now, and we're going to get over and talk some racing very, very soon. We're just going to rip through a couple of these text messages that you guys have sent through to us. Virat replaces India's ODI captain. Yep, he sure has been. I think that's the way to go. You can't have two different captains for T20 and ODI, but white ball and red ball captains can be different. I think black caps will go that way in a few years. Maybe Kane test captain and Mitchell Satin, a white ball captain. That's from Chris. Mm. I'm not sure about that one personally, but that's just my own mm. opinion. Lads, imagine Cole Jameson bowling at the Gabba. Swing, seam and bounce. How good. Monty, well, let's, let's have a crack over there when we get the opportunity. And one from Craig. Hi, Baz and Izzy. I won the Radio Frequency Quiz and wanted to thank you all. The money arrived in my bank. Cheers. Also, I want to ask what cash out on some lines on the TAB means. Cheers, Craig. He's from the Bay of Plenty. Craig, I've never pressed cash out on there either. And a man who also, I know Izzy wouldn't have pressed cash out either. And another (laughs) man who probably would be smart enough to cash out because he's an outstanding punter. And he runs the show over there at Waikato Racing club in Tarapa. Of course, the Waikato Cup is run this weekend, although it's Cup Day. Tarapa will play host to Group 1 Racing with Captain Cook States, also run on the card. The abandonment at Trentham has meant the Group 1 feature and also the Group 2 Wakefield Challenge Stakes will be run at Tarapa alongside a host of other group racing all throughout the day. Andrew Butch Castles, the butcher, is the CEO over there at Waikato Racing Club. He's no doubt pumped about what is a huge bumper day and it's great to have him join us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Good morning, Butcher. Yeah, morning, Brendan. How are you doing? All very well, thank you. I've also have Israel on the phone, Andrew. Hey, Butch. G'day, Izzy. How you going? Good to learn this fun. Yeah. Old boy like yourself, you'll be flying, I would have thought. Oh, yes, oh. brother. Yes, Butch. Is it, on. Is this a little Central District sort of thing? So you call Izzy, Izzy, and you call Baz, Brendan. I see how it goes. As you've obviously heard I'm going to hit you up for corporate <laughs> hospitality this weekend. Butcher, yeah, have we got any hospital <laughs> online over? Is there, have we got any hospital available at Tarapa this weekend, my good friend? Uh, most of it sold out. In fact, I think pretty much all sold out. The tickets that were available for GA mm. sold out overnight. But being uh, the big timer that you are with a horse racing in one of these uh, nice group races, you'll get your owner's tickets. And I'm sure that um, we can look after you on the day, Dad. Oh, okay, I'm going to bring lists over so that will guarantee me some corporate hospitality, no doubt. Anyway, what was okay. that, sorry? let's see. No, it's all right. It's okay. I was just trying to get a free free lunch. Um, anyway, mate, hey, uh, heaps of group racing <laughs> on the day. Absolute bumper card. You must be pretty pumped. 
Yeah, look, it's unfortunate that we've had to pick up those group races from last weekend. I'm not sure that's been well mitigated, the uh, the problems uh, that have eventuated out of Trenton. But the races, the key was the fact the races needed to be run and they needed to be run uh, in the best possible place for the horses uh, that were uh, likely to participate. And uh, that uh, landed them with us this Saturday. So they complement what was already a really good card with the Cali Zuzu Stakes, the Sky City Hamilton Waikato Cup and... Uh, of course, the J-Swap Sprint. So now the five group races on the card, it becomes a, a super Saturday, I suppose, as people call it, and really looking forward to it. They're spread across the program. Races three, five, seven, eight, and 10 of an 11-race program are the group races. So, uh, yeah, some real interest right throughout the day. Yeah, you're starting to get up close to a million dollars on offer across the entire card, and five features is absolutely Phenomenal. What uh, what race would you say? I mean, all the fields are, are pretty hot. Which race would you say would be the real feature of the day? Oh, look, the Group One, uh, as you know, as uh, as us uh, racing uh, uh, tragics know, the Group One is what we all aspire to, and and that's uh, the fact that um, it is a really strong field. I think there's five individual previous Group One winners in the race. Uh, uh, look, Aegon unbeaten in New Zealand. He's five starts for five wins uh, in Aotearoa. And look, he can um, look to make that six from six. Uh, the likes of Preda Fair, uh, who's been so competitive yes, to Alyssa. Um, plenty of uh, really good horses throughout that race. So looking forward to that one in particular. Man, you've you've got me right up and about. Aegon's my tip. I think Aegon got homesick over in Australia. Didn't like the paddock. Didn't like who was <laughs> over there. It's come home and it's gonna get up, oh, mate. I'll pick it. I'll pick it, Butch. Hey, quickly, just um, to wrap up, mate. You've had a, you've had many more meetings that previously you've had because of COVID restrictions in Auckland. How's the track and how how's the um, the, the conditions uh, holding up at Tarapa? What's it looking like for Saturday? Uh, look, the track, uh, the weather forecast changed. It'd be a great job being the weather forecaster. You can just say something and it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. It's changed every day this week. Um, so it's been uh, yeah. really difficult from a pre- preparation point of view. Um, but uh, it looks like the weather forecast is now holding and, and should be pretty good for Saturday. So I've uh, been uh, irrigating uh, the track during the week to uh, to make sure it's uh, not too hard. Um, uh, well done. But look, we have... We have <laughs> We have picked up uh, race meetings with the, the unfortunate situation of participants not being able to get in and out of Auckland. Uh, it, it has placed mm. uh, pressure on the track. In saying that, there's six metres of new ground that hasn't been raced on for some time, so I would have thought that um, that six metres would be the best place to be. But uh, Bart and his team on the track have done a great job. We have been lucky with the weather. Uh, we wouldn't have wanted too many wet days amongst the extra days, but we've got away with it so far. So uh, it's holding up, but it'll need a break after uh, this Saturday and next Saturday the 18th, and uh, then it gets about a month break, which will be very much needed. Okay, excellent. Well, we're going to have to let you go very shortly because we've got to get over to a very good friend of yours, and Ian Smith, the doyen, the voice of sport for all of New Zealand, and I know he'll be excited about the racing in the weekend. Can you steer us into one... I've been talking you up, Butcher, about how good a tipster you are. Can you steer us into one for the weekend, mate? Be no price, but Wolverine will be winning the two-year-old race. I know it's held in enormous regard. They were absolutely gutted that they couldn't run that last weekend. Um, she's being aimed towards the Karaka Million. I saw and went back and watched the tape of her win uh, at Otaki uh, again uh, last night, and um, she was very, very impressive. Uh, my uh, understanding is she's gone forward from there, so I just think she's the one in the Hidden Bed Wakefield Challenge Stakes, number nine, Wolverine. 
Ooh. Here we go. Strong push from the butcher. Strong push. It. Well, mate, we're going to let you go. But how's uh, how's how's the uh, the fat club going? You, you're on you're on the scales dropping plenty. Yeah, got on the scales this morning. Still uh, still coming in under the uh, go away, but it's uh, not easy. Um, I've been sneaking the odd beer in, and uh, and uh, this time of year the food's looking pretty sharp too. So uh, walking <laughs> most days, if not every day, um, it's going to be what we have to do I think to keep it off but uh, certainly enjoying the fact that we can do a few more things and um, and uh, loving life so so it's been a good thing to do but we've got to keep at it Good man well I look forward to catching up look forward to seeing the progress and I'll make sure I bring Liss over so I've got half a chance of getting a ticket on Saturday but all the best for the weekend mate and thanks heaps for joining us here on Baz and Izzy Cheers Butch That would be your best chance <laughs> <laughs> the Butcher <laughs> Andrew Butch Castles The Big Cheese Out at Waikato Racing Club there Huge event at Tarapa this weekend And we're going to talk a little bit more about that With the Doyen when he gets on Very soon for our Sleep On It with Temper And Sleep On It with Smitty We'll be back very very soon